You've done the walk of shame. And you would kill for a million dollars if you were guaranteed not to get caught? Those are two of the 19 questions you'll be asked to answer during the How Evil Are You quiz coming up during this episode. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. My name's Donna. I'm, okay. My name is Donna. It Hi. is. Hi. And I'm your wife. Um, I held a stranger's hand the other day. Actually, I held two strangers' hands. Not two hands. I held two different strangers, one hand. Okay. Would you like to know? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I am in Target. And I had to pick up a few things. And so I was kind of over near the pharmacy area. And there was this man there and he was going to get his COVID shot. And so, you know, they're asking a lot of these pharmacists nowadays. Not only do you have to know how to ring things up, put in people's like target. Okay, but know the drugs, card. number one. Well, yes. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. They went to school for that. Did they go to school to learn how to do like the Target Red Card app, and yeah. did they run go to, a point of sale? Seriously, register. and vaccinate people. Yeah, like do they learn that? I want a pharmacist to tell us. I know we have a pod people listener, Angie Ellis, and she's a pharmacist, and I want her to tell us. Like, do they teach you that in pharmacy school, or do they have to like do a little refresher? Anywho, I am over there shopping, and I hear this man, and the, she's like, "I'm going to come out and do your shot in just a minute," and he's like, "I like catch his eye because we're like kind of near each other," and he says. Oh, boy, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to get through this. I do not like shots. Want to hold my hand? And I think he was kidding. You know how people say that? Like, oh, do you want to hold my hand? And I said, sure, I will. So I walk over there, and I hold his hand while he gets his little COVID shot. I mean, he was a baby. He was like probably 68. I mean, not he wasn't a baby, but I mean, he's like a baby man, you know. But he was like 68 years old. So let me tell you what happens. So then this younger kid, like a college-type kid, is in line behind him. And he said, well, I may need you to hold my hand, too. So he, the first one got up. The college kid sat down, and I held his hand. And they both got vaccinated. And so the woman who was giving the vaccinations thought that I was married to the first man. And that was your son. And the, the second. second man was my child. She's like, well, you guys got all that done. Do you not need yours? And I said, no, I've already been vaccinated. And she, by the way, I don't know these people. Yeah. I said, I've already been vaccinated. And she goes, well, that's good. She said, why didn't y'all all go in together? I go, oh, I don't know either of these people. She looked at me like I think she was crazy. I think she almost called security. But they were both very thankful. And that's the type of person I am. So I have to imagine I'm going to score very low on the evil exam. And you're going to score very high. Me, well, hang on. The meaning, we'll have, get to it. We'll get to it. You have some evil tendencies. All right. Thank you, Donna. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Donna. There's a viral video going around. The NBA playoffs are, are, are happening. Go Hawks. I'm, I'm, I'm a fair weather fan. I watch. Oh, I love the Hawks. I watch. Oh, Donna, you've never said that before in your life. I've been, I love the Hawks. Have when, you ever been to a Hawks game? Yes. Anyway, they were at Phillips uh, State Farm Arena here in Atlanta uh, against the Knicks were in town. I think it was Friday and, and, and Sunday, and I watched both games. And I was just like, "What are you? What's wrong with you? What are you doing? You're watching sports." Anyway, there's a viral video going around of one of the other teams in the playoffs, not the Hawks or the Knicks, and as this player is leaving the arena to go back to the locker room, this fan comes running down the stairs and puts out his hand wanting to do like a high five or something. Out of nowhere, the security officer like tackles him. No. He 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 rushes towards this fan who has his hand out and he shakes his hand. Why? 
because had the player shaken his hand, he would have been suspended because of COVID protocol. Really? And he wasn't thinking about it at the time because the player was about to acknowledge the fan and give him a high five or shake his hand, whichever it may have been. And the security guard just like, I mean, just like Superman flies into the scene out of the corner of the video and and shakes the man's hand like and almost like does a clothesline to the to the, to the NBA player. Wow. Uh, you're, you're, you have it right there. That's exciting. It's been a, it's been an exciting series um, because a fan also spit on Trey Young. Trey Young. Who does that? A Knicks fan. Evil. Yeah. Have you ever called a McDonald's? No. I have. I called a McDonald's Sunday night. Okay. Went to pick up our 15-year-old daughter, Charlotte, hmm. at a, a, a friend's house, which I love her friend group for so many different reasons because I think they're just a good group of kids. They always come out uh, very to sweet. say hello yes. when you pick up your child. Like it's, the entire, I'm like, Charlotte comes out first. I'm like, she comes up to the driver's door and she's like, hey. And I'm like, hey, let's go. She's like, hang on. I'm like, what are we waiting for? Let's go. It's like 10 o'clock at night. All of a sudden, like six kids pile out of the house I and know. come down. Hi, Mr. Chode. How are you? Very sweet. And I said to one of them, I said, hey, when do y'all go back to school? Asking for a friend. And this kid said, August 11th. And I said, good to know. Anyway. You just got out. I know. Exactly. So I called McDonald's because I wanted a milkshake. And it was Sunday night and it was 10 o'clock. And I didn't want to go the three miles out of my way to the McDonald's if what? The ice cream machine weren't working. Uh, okay. So many questions. McDonald's has a phone, a landline? <laughs> Nobody answered. Okay. So I, I don't know if it works. But I Googled. You know, McDonald's, Arnold Mill, Crabapple, which is near where we live. Uh-huh. And it popped up, and I called, and it just rang and rang and rang and rang. So Charlotte's like, let's just go. Let's just roll the dice, Dad. I mean, yeah. That's what, okay. That's what 99% of Americans would do. I'm the guy that looks at the menu before we go out to eat, and I already know what we're going to order. I'm going to order when I McDonald's. sit down. McDonald's. Okay, well, what do you think happens? We get to the drive-thru. We have to wait like six minutes. The man's like, I'll be right with you as soon as I can. I'm sorry. I got a lot going on. It's like, mm. Okay, dude. Um, how can I, what's your order? I said two medium chocolate milkshakes. I'm sorry. The ice cream machine's yeah, down. Yeah, no, I could have told Why you Why didn't you answer your freaking phone, dude? Because the ice cream machine's down. So it's Sunday night at 10 o'clock. He's like, I'm sorry. I said, okay, how about two apple pies? Ah, can't help you there either. What? That McDonald's is sketchy. I could have told you. So I wound up getting a Sprite and he gave me a three day old stale cookie for free. Because oh. I said, do you have anything sweet? I just wanted something sweet. I said, do you have anything sweet? He said, I, I really don't. He said, hang on. I see one cookie. I said, I'll take it. He said, I'll give it to you. But I, ne I never called a McDonald's before. I've challenged them, that one, because the McFlurry is always down there. It's not down. I told them one day, you have lazy workers. All right. This weekend, we celebrated live music, and it wasn't our own. It wasn't one of our shows. Exactly. We went to go see uh, Mark Wills at the Governor's Gun Club in Kennesaw, which is the largest, and this is what Mark told me, the largest gun club in North America, not just the United States, but in North America, I don't even know what that includes. I thought that North America was just the United States, but I guess that includes Canada and Mexico and Japan, maybe. I don't know. So it's 90,000 square feet. Big. And you can shoot skeet indoors. Yes, skeet, where they pull and the clay thing flies out into the air. And you can have a shot of Jägermeister. At a bar. Yeah. Who signed off on that permit in Cobb County? I don't know. I don't know where we were. We pulled up to this like kind of discreet office building, get out. Go inside. This place is beautiful. Amazing. Now, we're not gun people. No, we're not cobbler people. But I did have a shot of Jägermeister. You did? I did. I had one. I hadn't had it in a while. Bill Rawlings. Well, we were with Bill Rawlings, very dear friend of ours, and his wife, Aldra. Bill and I are looking for Fireball. 
and they don't have any. They're out of fireball on a Friday night. And so Bill said, what do you want to do? I said, let's do Jaeger. And so we, why, why do you have a look of disgust on your face? Who does Jaeger well, after the I'm, age of 30 or 25 or okay. moving 21? On, moving on. Mark Wills was there, and it was so nostalgic to to hear his his songs that he had through the years and continues to do. But this was his first, first live show with a band since the pandemic began. He's done a couple of acoustic things, and he's also done a really cool um, Facebook thing, Live from the Bunker, which is literally he's been performing on Monday nights and taking requests and and, and just catching up with fans on Facebook from, from his basement. Um, so this was a big deal for Mark and the band to be up on stage for the first time together in a while. It was a big deal for me because, and you, I, I haven't, other than going to our concerts, which, you know, have been great, but I haven't seen a a national recording artist like live with a band. And I felt so good for myself, but I also felt so good for him because I could just tell. I mean, you know, these artists, they're just in their element. You know, he was so happy to be back on stage. He was so nervous before. He was telling all of us. He was like, God, I haven't done this in so long. I hope. And it was so funny. I was telling you, his wife, Kelly, was like, you'll do okay. I mean, just do the best you can do. And then the rest of us were like, listen, we haven't been out of the house in so long. We're not expecting a lot. And he was like, I really appreciate y'all's belief in me here. Like, the bar is so low. <laughs> we had dinner with Mark and his wife, Kelly, and their two daughters. And his parents came down from Blue Ridge. Haven't seen his parents in about 10 years. Uh, Mark and I hit Atlanta at about the same time. We were both 20. Uh, Mark, before he signed his deal with Mercury Nashville, uh, was the the lead singer of the house band at a country music club here in, in Atlanta called The Buckboard. And that's where he uh, began. And about that same time, I was hired by the former Kicks 1015 at 20 to do 7 of Midnight. So Mark and I kind of uh, became very good friends because we both worked at night and had nothing to do during the day. Um, and so... Uh, it was great to see him. I also want to say to uh, Kenda Johnson, uh, Kenda was in the Buckboard Bandits with Mark. She was the female um, singer. I have not seen Kenda in in the longest time, but there were so many people that came out to the concert that we just haven't seen in, in so long. And it was great to see everybody, but also to dance and to sing. We danced. I know. You and I went to the dance floor like I three, know. four times. I think we la- we danced to Don't Laugh at Me, which is not easy. No. Mark's hits, if you're not familiar with Mark, 19-something, which was, I think, still to this day, maybe the longest, one of the longest-running number one hits. Jacob's Ladder. On the Billboard chart. Jacob's Ladder. Uh, I flashed back when he performed Jacob's Ladder to being in the buckboard. Uh, John Galuccio used to own the buckboard and also managed Mark's career for uh, decades. I remember being in the buckboard, and we were making Jacob's Ladders to send a radio because that's what you did. I don't know if they do anymore, but you would send trinkets to radio programmers and music directors to get their attention. You know, hey, my new song's coming out. Do you know what a Jacob's Ladder is? Oh, yeah. It's like the wooden toy. Yep. And we would have to put uh, Mark, M-A-R-K, on one side of the, the Jacob's Ladder and then Wills on the other. I bet some of yours were like Mork walls okay. or something. You know what Thank I mean? You know. Like, <laughs> But John Galusha ordered us pizza that day. And it was it's something that it's I'll like never fun. forget. Yeah. yeah, that used to be a big deal. Like what radio programmers would get from different artists and labels, like to get their attention. And do you remember the name? Chad Brock. Chad was there that night and got up on stage and performed his hit, Yes. She said, she said yes. Yep. I said, wow. <laughs> no, no, no. She said, and what about it right now? We were reminiscing about Chad Brock because you know how when you see someone and you're like, what? And I don't mean this in a bad way, but what did they used to look like? Like, I couldn't remember him as a performer. I could only see him now because he actually works with the club promoting the music and you know getting everything set up and 
we we went down this like rabbit hole and remembered that he used to be a pro wrestler. He was in the WCW. Yes. Before he signed his record deal. Yes, and he had like little bitty pants, tight. Little man briefs. Little, little man wrestling briefs. britches. Little wrestling britches. Jumping up on ropes and things. It was crazy. It was a good, good time. Yeah, it was. So you needed to hydrate quite a bit the next oh, day. Oh, gosh. Well, I don't go out. I mean, when I go out, I just don't. I, now, listen, as we've heard, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that when I used to go out, I went out. But I just like now, lately, when I go out, I don't drink as much or anything because I just feel so bad the next day because I'm old. But I just let it go. You slept in your dress and yep. shoes. Yep. And the specifically Charlotte, our 15-year-old daughter, loved it because she could tell mm-hmm. something was off. And she just had a lot of questions. For okay. Me. A lot all of right. questions about all mom. Right. I love this, that I get all the questions. And yeah. Yeah. You've stumbled in the door a few times. But I'm always the one who gets the questions. Right. But yes, I slept in my shoes. It was one of those situations, and everyone's been in it, where you come through the door and you're like, it's now or never. I either lay down in the bed, things are either going to go left or right, so I'm just going to go get my bed. And I just slept. I mean, you would think you could take my shoes off or something, but I mean. I was already asleep. There I was, fully dressed. And of course, we took Ubers to and from the entire night. So put a great time with Bill and Alter Rawlings and Mark and his family in. It was just a good time. Yes. Good time to be out and about. It All right. Was. What are you going to add to the Spotify Hype Song playlist? I am going to add Matchbox 20, love them, and I'm going to add 3 a.m., I'm a big Matchbox 20 fan. Rob Thomas, love him. He had a solo career and then they were together and, you know, obviously a huge band, but I'm at 3 a.m. What about you? Is there a reason why? No, I just like the song. Right. Sometimes I don't have a whole historical series. I'm not asking for yeah. a historical <laughs> uh, manifest or anything. Yeah. All right. I'm going to add from the now late great BJ Thomas, raindrops keep falling on my head. Okay. Really? All right. Donna, was that not one of the first songs that, as it, you're a little older than I, but Braindrops Keep Falling on My Head is one of the first songs that I remember as a child. Yes. In, in music. No, it's not. I like it. Yeah. It's just like people going to be jamming at the pool and all of a sudden. Raindrops keep falling on my head. It's a great song. It is a great song. I do like BJ Thomas. Uh, he did die. Yes. Of COVID, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, his hits also included Hooked on a Feeling. Yes, that's a good one. Um and hey, won't you play another somebody done somebody wrong? No, that's song. a good one. All from the uh Should we add that instead of raindrops? No, Donna. I, okay. It's my selection. <laughs> okay. My selection. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Okay. I won't manhandle your selection. Here's what you do. Simple search on Spotify. Donna and Caddy hype songs or Caddy and Donna hype songs. There are two playlists that we have on Spotify. Yes. And, Bill Rawlings even said we were. He it was loves a long, our playlist. It was a long drive from Alpharetta to Kennesaw. As you can imagine. An even longer drive back from Kennesaw. As you can imagine. To Alpharetta in an Uber with everybody. But Bill was talking about the playlist and something about how he he, he uses our playlist to create his own playlist. Which yeah. is that legal? Yes. What you do is you can copy, like you, you know, you take suggestions and you copy and paste and you make your own playlist from other playlists. That's okay. what people do. I don't know about that. Oh my gosh. It's not like we get money for the playlist. So check that out. And if you're flying Atlanta-based Delta, don't forget that you can take us with you, catch up on episodes of the My Second Act podcast, or enjoy the Spotify Hypes on Playlists. Just uh, when you sit down in your Delta jet, tap that Spotify app, opens up, and you can have at it right there. I love that. June menu is up at dinneraffair.com. They're soon going to add barbecue chicken flatbreads. Look I at that mean, picture right there. Look at that like, picture. That's like food porn. Yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, also... The June menu at Dinner Fair, Baja Fish Tacos with Red Onion Relish. I'm all about the sauces 
we know you we've talked about that before, but also like the just the way that they combine. Yeah, put the ingredients um, together. Listen to this: jerk pork tenderloin with pineapple salsa. Mm. I would eat just the pineapple salsa as an entree. I think. Okay. But a little bit of uh, allspice and some cinnamon, nutmeg, cayenne pepper. Then they create the perfect balance with crushed pineapple, vinegar, brown sugar, red onion, jalapeno, and cilantro. Mm. You you had me at brown sugar. You had me at uh, brown sugar and pineapple. Well, and the great thing about dinner fairs, they do do kind of seasonal menus. So these are great like, you know, summer foods. Um, They go a little lighter in the summer. And, you know, if you are on a special diet, I've had people say to me, what if I'm doing keto? What if I'm doing this? You can modify any of these um, recipes. Like, you know, there we've done um, fajitas before. You don't have to do the tortillas. You know, you could do them in a lettuce wrap. You could do... Just do the protein. I mean, it just keeps you from having to, even if you're only the type of person who just eats chicken all the time, you can order, somebody was asking us the other day, can you order the same entree? If you want to, yes. And if that makes your life easier to not have to prepare, you know, a protein, do it that way. I mean, that's the great thing about Dinner Affair is you can use it as a meal service if you have a big family. But if you're doing some sort of modified diet, you can make it work for you as well. But Caddy, but Don, hang on. I don't live in Atlanta. That's okay. Dinner Affair ships nationwide. And whether you are in Tampa, Denver, Phoenix, or you are in Ballground, Georgia, the $30 off first order promo code works wherever you are. Caddy 2021, C-A-D-D-Y 2021 is the promo code. There is no contract. It is 100% money back guaranteed. You're going to love it. Going to make your life so much easier. We did chicken marsala last night. Three steps. so good. Three steps. And creamy chicken marsala is on the dinner table. Dinneraffair.com, dinneraffair.com. 30 bucks off that first order, Caddy 2021 is the promo code. I had a couple of people reach out to me after the recent conversation that I would not return $5,000 if I found it in a used vehicle that I just bought. I had someone reach out and say, who happens to be our neighbor, if they found it in our yard, would they return? Would, if he if he found it in our yard, would he return it to us? I said, I don't think you so. mean if I found it in the neighbor's yard? Yeah. No. You would not return Robin Henry's money. It's her money. It's in her yard. Like say some of it had, say it was in her yard and some of it blew into our Whatever yard. Blew into my yard is my property. That's the way I look at it. Oh, okay. So somebody sent me a quiz and it's the how evil are you quiz. And I thought, well, I'm not an evil person, I don't think. After looking at the quiz though, I wondered, Donna. If I'm not an evil person. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this uh, as a group. And that, of course, includes you. And Listening Carl. to the podcast right now. And, and Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, there are 19 questions that you must answer yes or no to. Are you tabulating us? We're, we're not together on this. But here's your piece of paper. Okay. Next episode, we're going to revisit the how evil are you questionnaire. I don't want you to see my answers. Okay. Well, I don't want to see your answers. Okay. And next episode, we'll tell you, for instance, if you answered yes to five to nine, you're a little bit evil. A little bit of evil lurks in your heart, but you can hide it well. Now, if you answer yes to uh, 16 to 20, uh, 16 to 19 of them, you're the most evil person you know. So everybody keep your tally. You ready? All right, I'm ready. And don't look at me because facial expressions yeah. are, we'll give it away. Here's number one. You look at nudie pics online. Question number two. You've kissed someone you shouldn't have been kissing. Wait, is this in your lifetime yes, or like yes. recently? That, that, no, that particular one is in your lifetime. Um, number three, you've done or do illegal drugs. Number four, you've done the walk of shame. Number five, you hate kids. 
Who hates kids? Donna, there's someone listening right now that's okay with saying that they don't like kids, and that's okay. Okay, but hate is Worry a Worry about word. your evil questioning. Okay. I forgot what number we were on. Here we go. Uh, you've been arrested. You would choose your life over the lives of 100,000 strangers. Yes. What? Um, you would kill for a million dollars if you were guaranteed not to get caught. You think going to the homeless, uh, I'm sorry, you think giving to the homeless is a waste of time. You aren't bothered by seeing others in pain. This is horrible. You enjoy very violent video games. You would keep a wallet full of cash if it came your way. You shot a gun and liked it. Okay, hold on. Mm-hmm. Like on that one, like a, like with your daddy, like a... It's, it's lifetime. Like if a you, BB gun? Okay, but the, the, the bigger is you shot a gun and liked it. In other words, you liked it maybe too much. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right. You've been so drunk, you don't remember the night before. Uh, okay, yes. You've blamed a fart on someone else. You said something so mean you made someone cry. You've turned people against someone. You don't, you can hear my tally marks, can't you? Like in the background a bit. Uh, you don't believe in God. Mm, mm, mm. And the final one, you believe in eye for an eye. Now, next episode, we're going to tally up the numbers and we'll tell you exactly how evil you are. Are you shocked at how evil you are? I was and am. <laughs> but I think I'm a pretty decent person. And I also had, hide it quite well. I think so. evil is a strong word. It's though. a very strong word. I don't like the word evil. Well, that's it's, someone sent it to me. That's what it's called. The evil quiz. How but, evil are you? But maybe like sneaky or dishonest. I want to spend a moment, and this isn't in the run of show, um, about Dr. Michael Good, who is the opposite of eagle, evil. Uh, Dr. Michael Good passed over the weekend. Um, he was the founder of the Homeless Pets Foundation. And if we ever spent time in Trista Radio together, you know that every week, Dr. Michael Good came on the morning show with a homeless pet of the week, and we would pitch the dog, and the dog would hopefully, and more often than not, would get adopted by somebody. Dr. Michael Good also had uh, started homeless pets clubs in schools where these kids would learn to care for their animals. and um, They would raise money. Volunteer. Yeah, and volunteer at the shelters and... Uh, Dr. Michael Good also founded the Underhound Railroad. This was a project that we came up with at Kicks. And what happens is there are so many dogs in the South that need to be rescued and adopted, but there are so few dogs in the North that need to be uh, rescued and adopted. And so Dr. Good would get a sprinter van or two, and there were three sometimes, and there would be a caravan of dogs that need to be adopted and rescued and he would partner with shelters in the north northeast portion of 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 america boston new york big big cities and so the underhound railroad would deliver these animals to people in in parts of the the country where there weren't a whole lot of rescue dogs i think he changed the face of without a doubt of rescue animals especially in the state of georgia you know you always saw him he was also on the news a lot um you talking about anytime there was like a food recall, I mean, a flea infestation. Yes, he was like the go-to vet for right. the local media, and he was very good friends with um, Bobby Cox. That's how him, I met Bobby Cox and his and wife, and, and they did so much and continue to do so much for homeless pets. And I, I just know he really t- during that time period when he was on the radio with you guys, he really 
um, took any stigma away from like adopting animals from shelters. He pushed that so much that even if there was, you know, this special dog that you wanted or, or you know, you had allergies or whatever, he would try his hardest to find you a dog um, that would fit into your life. And he was just an amazing person. You know, we adopted our dog, our oldest hound dog, Sally, from, um, from him. He, he was, she was one of the dogs that he brought in to be on the show with you. And, and I said, we're not putting that dog on the studio. And he's like, why? And I said, cause I'm taking that dog home. And she's still alive and kicking today. She's lived a long, great life. Um, but he also was so kind to us. We had a dog at one time, a lab named Abby and she had started having seizures and she was another dog that we had adopted through the homeless pets. And, um, we couldn't figure out what was going on and it was just, it was a really bad situation and he took her and I knew when, when she went to live with them that unfortunately she wasn't going to be coming back. I just had a feeling, but he lived with her for like a week and he Skyped in with um, the UGA vet center. He did everything he could do to try to find out, you know, kind of what was going on. And he's just, he was just the most kind, compassionate man when it came to animals. I mean, he would never, I was reading last night, um, there's a big tribute to him on the Homeless Pets Facebook page. And so many people who were touched by him and um, just how much he cared for animals. You know, obviously, if you're a vet, you go into that for a reason, but he just had such a love for all animals and just treated people, you know, he knew how much those pets not only meant to the person, but to the family that they lived with. And um, it's a huge loss for that organization and for animals everywhere. But I also read something very sweet where they said, you know how you say when your animals go, they do the rainbow bridge that they were all kind of waiting on him. And it just broke my heart, you know, that he really spent his life trying to make a difference. Um, and he did. And he did. He did. Uh, if you ever took your dog to a Braves game, Bark in the Park, that was the uh, that was the idea, one of the many ideas that, that Dr. Good brought to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Bark in the Park, you know? I mean, huge program that people just love, and it continues today. Yeah, you got all these dogs sitting in the Braves stand. So, yeah. Just wanted to make you aware of that if you were uh, ever adopted from the homeless pets foundation or if you were ever just touched by hearing dr michael good and the many stories and good things that he did for uh for so many dogs yeah i have so many stories but we'll, we'll wait but he's uh he was a character he was that he was very colorful mm -hmm. uh and and so he would come into the studio and we'd have him on like at seven fifteen. He was always late, Dr. good oh you know it's just the way he was he was always like we well, had he, so much going on <clears throat> excuse me he came running in the door his hair is still wet from getting out of the shower and he'd have like this huge dog that's, that's, you know, uh, I, 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 I'll share some stories. I probably shouldn't, but Dr. Good would love, uh, me to share these stories. A couple of them that I'll do later in an episode. We also uh, adopted Walker. Remember Walker? Oh, from Lord. Let's just talk about Walker from the homeless pets foundation. Yeah. He was a Tennessee walking hound. I don't know what I was on this day. Mm hmm. At work, Dr. Good walks in the studio door with Walker, and Walker weighed about 400 pounds and was the size of a pony. Mm -hmm. And just like Sally, I said, Dr. Good, we're not putting Walker on. I'm taking Walker home with me. This was a beautiful dog. A beautiful, beautiful dog. And so I put Walker in my truck and drove Walker home. Uh, I, I, Walker could have driven. I was shocked. He's, I mean. <laughs> no notice, yeah. nothing. And so, of course, the kids fall in love with Walker because who wouldn't want to? I mean, at the time, they probably could have ridden him. They were little. And that dog 
it, it stirred up things in Sally. Like Sally did not know our other hound dog didn't know she was a dog until Walker came home. And they, I, I can't even describe it. The terror that they did. They attacked Fudge, our cat. Walker like laughed at the electric fence. Yes. Not the, or the under, what are they, not the electric fence. Sounds like invisible fence. Invisible fence. Yeah. Like Walker would, would step on it with his paw and look at you and smile. And be yeah. like, this ain't stopping me. Uh-uh. And he would just dart. Take off. Yeah, dart. We had, I bet we had three neighbors at the time who had to run that dog down. We had this one guy, thank God, he was like ex-military. And he lived two doors down. And I mean, he ran a good six miles to no, catch the That dog. seems like yeah. a lot. No, no. I had to buy him like a ton of beer. And finally, we just were like, we love, and it was so bad. But we were like, we this is just not going to work. I mean, this dog cannot, it, 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 it needed to be like, in an open field in Montana somewhere, not like with hundred acres. Yeah. And Walker would have run them touched all. on all hundred acres. Yeah. So God bless you, Dr. Good. Thank you for all you did for uh, the Atlanta area uh, with the underground or underhound railroad and uh, for, for dogs and families. Truly appreciate it. If you have Facebook, do me this, go to the gallery furniture, Facebook page. Hang on. Listen, hear me out on this. It's uh just search for Wolfman and Donna. If you're, if you haven't liked the gallery furniture page yet over the weekend, Someone stole from gallery furniture, and they had the video because they have video cameras at gallery. Uh, this ass stole a lily, a piece lily, a huge piece lily that Donna had brought home after her dad, the Wolfman, passed seventeen years ago. I know he stole it. He stole it. Who does that? Who does that? Obviously, this person didn't know. Yeah, and I think that, you know, from the video. But that doesn't make it okay either. No, and either. from the I've video, the person is not, probably doesn't have all of their peace lilies. But still, she's, I mean, she she wants it back because it's very, you know, it's tied to her emotionally. But um, she's she's funny because I reached out to her and I said, who would do this? And she's like, um, it's Operation Bring Lily Home. So if you're in the Gainesville area and all of a sudden your neighbor has like a huge piece of lily. And two wicker chairs. Yeah. <laughs> and a bunch of pallets. It's some guy like in an Xterra SUV and, and he has a trailer. And you can see the video surveillance. He's going around it. taking pallets from it, businesses. Right. And in there are two wicker chairs. He's been stealing wicker chairs from somebody. So if you're missing wicker chairs, uh, we can put this all together like the Hall County Sheriff's CSI, Office. Yeah. yeah and, and we can get this solved. But uh, hashtag bring Lily home. Yeah. Bring Lily home. Saturday, June 26th, we will see their gallery furniture, Gainesville, 1600 Browns Bridge Road uh, for the red, white, and blue, all America, pre-4th of July, we love America, hashtag buy American no Lee Bryce. celebration parking lot party. party. Yeah. 11 to 3 is the time. We're going to have food trucks, going to have live entertainment, and uh, Donna's going to have, uh, we're going to move everything from the showroom floor out into the parking lot. I don't think she's approved that. What? What part? The... It, Probably half of this, but I mean, bringing the furniture from the inside into the outside. Yes, it's, it's what a if tent it rains? sale. Okay, they All do right. it occasionally. I think they had one Memorial Day weekend. All right, well, let's do Donna's it. Donna's still counting her money after Memorial Day weekend, which is a huge weekend for uh, yes for furniture and things like that. Uh, Monarch table and chairs you can get it now. Donna's going to throw in a bench for uh, eight forty nine recliners from two ninety nine. Tons of bedding options, sixteen thousand square foot warehouse and showroom at Gallery Furniture. Ask for the Wolfman. Ask for Donna. And uh, ask for Caddy and Donna when you join us Saturday, June 26th at Gallery Furniture. Askforthewolfman.com. Going to pull producer Carl Appen in uh, to get an update about his trip to uh, the ranch in Texas and also about the app that, that Carl served up. In Turo. The 
Appy segment not too long ago. You uh, landed late, late last night at uh, Hartsville. How was how was air travel, first of all, Carl, over the, the Memorial Day weekend? It was packed. There were lots and lots and lots of people, but I will say that everyone from travelers to uh, like staff at the airlines, everyone was in a very good mood. So everyone was like super excited to be out. Nobody was, you know, throwing fits on the planes or anything like that. Everyone was. I did see where American and Southwest will no longer serve alcohol on flights uh, because of, of, of this. Unruly passengers. Yeah, that are attacking flight attendants. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, you, you can't. Now, if you fly first class on American, you can still get liquor. Yeah. But if you're in the back of the plane, you can't. I will say I, I, I couldn't help but laughing. They, <clears throat> we flew Southwest the whole time. And the only drinks they had, they you could get Coke, Diet Coke, Seven Up, or water, and they would they had this little laminated sign that they're walking around, and instead of saying what your order was, because everyone has your mask, you would like give these one, two, three, four, <laughs> like, like like preschool, right? But the the idea is that people would not be trying to talk or like you know taking their masks down. But it was it was just I appreciated it, but it was funny because people were doing that so that they could like then take their mask down and then eat their snacks and, and do it. Was, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, kind of convoluted. And you, you could tell the flight attendants kind of thought it was silly because they would say like, no, 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 I can hear you, but just like, just use your fingers. <laughs> you know, was, but did you get your, your Porsche? Your Porsche? Yes. And I, I, <laughs> right, so, here we go. so I have to admit, I a hundred percent would, would Turo again. It, um, at times, especially when I was kind of like checking in. So basically you, you know, you do it through the app. Let's let's back up real quick for yep. those maybe that missed the episode where you served up an appy. Uh, the Turo app is an alternative where give us a, a plinko. So it's, it's it's basically Airbnb but for cars. Perfect. So they're personal people who are putting their personal cars on Turo that you can rent, but they sort of specialize in um, I don't know cooler cars or you know it's a lot of Teslas, it's a lot of like electric vehicles, and then also like the Porsches and stuff. But the whole reason I did it was because Enterprise and all of the rental car facilities were so expensive because of the shortage of the cars that Turo was, it was cheaper by a lot for me to rent a 2015 Porsche Boxster than it was to rent a uh, Nissan, I think it was like a a Sentra from Enterprise. Yeah, I I was seeing this, you know, over the past holiday, they were talking about just rental cars. It's insane. Like three days in Hawaii for someone, if you can get a car, it was Mm $1,400. Crazy. So did you, did he drop the car for you? Did did you go to his home? You you can pay to have the car dropped off, but he had said in his notes, so like basically you have a little profile and, and this guy probably had 15 cars listed. So clearly he had, you know, purchased a whole bunch of cars or was leasing a whole bunch of cars and then, you know, kind of flipping them on the side. But he basically had all of these spots in a hotel parking garage. And he said, I'll deliver the car to you at the airport. But, you know, it'll be 50 extra bucks and an Uber would be $15. So the idea is, you know, he was saying it would be cheaper for you just to Uber to the hotel parking garage. He also didn't want to have to take it to the airport. No, 100%. And he, you know, that was probably why he put it up to 50 bucks. But you get there and then he had all of these little wireless um, lock boxes and he would text you through the app. He would text you kind of the code to get the key out. And so you'd get the key. Love it. I will say that it was a little bit shady. I almost didn't want to get into the car. So the idea is, you know, you show up and then in the app, it'll say, take an absurd amount of pictures. Like don't get in the car, but like walk around the car and take an absurd amount of pictures and upload them. And the idea is so that if there's damage or anything like that, they can kind of look and I look at it and it shows the pictures that the owner had put up maybe 30 minutes before, but the Porsche was clearly in like a different place when they took the pictures. And you could see that it was kind of in like a little bit of an auto, like a body shop. 
And I was thinking to myself, okay, uh-uh. Uh-uh. these are old pictures and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's having all of this, you know, information about the condition of the car. I'm going to get in here and then I'm going to, you know, get charged. So I almost, almost did not get in, but there were a couple little, little dings and little kind of like embellishments in the car's body. And so I, I said to myself, you know, what, I'm going to go ahead and get in, but I'm going to, uh, you know, overly document everything that I'm getting and put it into the app before you kind of say, okay, I'm in the yeah. car. Um, and not surprisingly, it was not in bad shape, but it, 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 it was had, used. It was used. It had, you know, seen like some some action. Um, and I was also thinking to myself, we drove for a total of about maybe 300 miles. And I was thinking to myself, this could end really badly. I was just thinking about, you know, okay, when were when were the la- when was the last time these brake pads were changed yeah, or I mean, when was do. the oil yes. changed? And what happens if, you know, it's it's I was, you know, up until that point, I was concerned about, okay, what happens if, you know, I you mess up something. the car yeah. or do something. And then as I was driving out there, I was just thinking to myself, this, you know, you could really not take care of a car yeah. and then yeah, and put it, it on the, the road. Go. Absolutely. Yeah. And put it on the road. Right. I mean, you know. Well, how was the ranch? The ranch was great. It uh, was my first time out there as a friend of mine who, um, when I, I went to school at Oklahoma and when I went out there, every it turns out that everybody from Texas, you know, has, has a ranch, which can mean a lot of different things based on who you're talking to. I mean, a ranch could be, you know, it's, it's, you know, a little, kind of like a mountain house. (laughs) Is it a cabin? Is it? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. What, what kind of, but it was, it was very nice. Um, rode dirt bikes for the first time. They had uh, a lot of good outdoor Texas activities and it was, we were not there for very long, but we had about 120 pounds of brisket that was smoked the first day. But in, in conclusion, I will say that I, I a hundred percent would, uh, would Turo again. It was yeah, a good time. for the convenience, but it is you're you're rolling the dice. I think is is the closest. Well, there's message. a lot of trust, right? You know, yeah, and I mean, if you think about how much money these people are making, like they're putting these cars out there, and if they're not, you know, I mean, like they are getting a lot of action, and then if they're not doing the maintenance, because not everybody drives. It's like a rental car. I mean, I always, you know, when I've taught my kids this, even when we go to a hotel, like you you just because someone else is cleaning a room or because it's not your car, right. you don't destroy it you know what i mean you treat it the same way and but not everybody follows that protocol right. it's, Most it, don't. it's a right. lot of trust and i i was an early adopter for uber and airbnb way back when and i don't know you know maybe maybe list, there are some listeners who were as well in the first early days it was kind of shady like yes. i mean it it, it was it yes. was a lot of trust from uber and airbnb to you know these kind of vendors and contracts that are doing it and i felt like it was the same way with turo to where I think a lot of stuff Turo I think will will only get better. You know, in yes. terms in terms of what Turo is expecting from these car owners, it's almost like wild wild west right now. Which a lot of those apps are. And I know like when Airbnb first came out, I said to you, and I'm talking about when it first came out. I'm like would you go? Because a lot of times it was right. just like a Stranger room. Bad. It wasn't even a house. Yeah. It could have been just like a room right. in someone's house because it kind of started during the Olympics and big events. And I do. I remember saying to you, like, would you stay in a strange house? But now most people who own beach houses and mountain houses have shifted, you know, away from booking.com to like an Airbnb. I mean, they're on all those platforms. It's just another yeah. platform to rent your I, I drove for Uber when I was in school in the very early days of Uber. So I kind of saw it also from that perspective. And I remember just as, as one little example, in the early days, 
if I needed to get in contact with someone, I would click, you know, contact writer. So it's someone who like I was booked for, but you know, I, I needed to talk with them about pickup or whatever. And all it did was just like show their, show their phone number. And so they had like these profile pictures and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Ubering in a college town and luckily like I'm also another college kid, but it was like a very, a lot of like young people oh, who yeah. were riding. And I just remember to myself, like, you know, at the end of the night, I probably called, you know, 25, 20 year olds yeah. and their numbers are just kind of like popping up in my phone with their information yeah, and everything. Scary. And I was thinking to myself, like, if I was not a good person or like was a yeah. gross person, here's all this you know, kind of personal information about these, you know, young college yeah. students. Now, if you try to contact a driver or contact a rider, it'll just say you do it like through the app. Right. Yeah. You know, like so it pops into like a little messaging. messaging. Yeah. 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 We could add that. Uh, uh, we could form a question out of that for the evil mm -hmm. questionnaire number 20 about uh, Have you ever wanted to like drive? Oh, okay. Yeah. Things like that. Mm -hmm. But we won't. No. Uh, we'll tally our scores next episode, though, for the how evil are you questionnaire. And uh, Turo, T-U-R-O, right? That's it. Okay, the app. Check that out. Carl endorses it. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Bye.